Welcome to Talk 30 to Me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30-somethings on life, love, and the never-ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony, but most people just call me Turg. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. All right, everyone, welcome to Talk 30. Again, here we are. We wanted to do something a little bit special for this uh, particular segment. This is a continuation of our last episode with Leslie. Uh, so what this is is just more of the conversation from what we were talking about and a continuation from episode four. So here it is. In my family, in my nuclear family, my, my grandmother, my paternal grandmother had issues when I was with pancake breakfast. I was going to say, she didn't like pancake breakfast. Yeah. Well, that was also a fight that me and pancake breakfast had, mm-hmm. uh, because I didn't want to take her over there because I knew, well, straight up and down. I, I showed it. I was so proud. I was just like, grandma, look, look at, you know, the girl I'm dating. Did She's like, Oh, is she a prostitute? And mm-hmm. I was just like, fuck. I was like, okay, now I know where you stand. Right. Grandparents are like that though. Yeah. I wonder if my grandparents were alive, would they approve it? Uh, probably. I feel, I feel like because you're the darker one in the relationship, it's okay. I feel like there's mm-hmm. this, the social standard of the lighter, fairer skin is more acceptable than the darker Somebody skin. Somebody asked Jordan that when we first started dating. They asked him how light I was. Oh, shit. Because he was he like, say? oh, yeah, I'm dating, you know, like my girlfriend. And, da, 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 da. and they're like, oh, what she look like? And he was like, oh, she's this. And they were like, wait, she's black? How light is she? What did he say? I don't recall. He and said, I, darkness I was... is not the absence <laughs> of black. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being like what the fuck like who asked you some bullshit like that you know what i mean and he was just like don't be upset and i was like what do you mean don't be upset like who the fuck says that to that's somebody black coming out right there i'm black but it's it's, it's <laughs> and, and look i didn't say that in a negative way it's put the knife down <laughs> um I, I said it in more of a maybe that's that defensive barrier that you ought that that's not defensive if anybody asks you that question about what how dark it I is am, pretty fucked up I that's say fucked that. up period plain up. and simple there's nothing deep about that because then you're saying like so if i was darker skinned then there would be issue mm-hmm. why i it, could be a bitch and be the lightest bitch around and still be black like like actually lighter skin you know women tend to actually be a little bit more <laughs> on the on the bitchier side i mean from my experience I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, like, you're right. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm, talking, I'm talking to a typical guy over here. Right. No, because, because, you know, I remember, I still remember, you know, the argument that we had. I was like, I told Pancake, I was like, I, I just don't want to put you in that situation. Right. That's just, one, that's not fair to you. Two, I'm now dealing with something that this person that I've looked up to my entire life is now, you know, you, you hear, not say my hero has fallen, but it, it completely changed. It humanized her. Yeah, it humanized her. And, it's changed our relationship since that. And mm-hmm. my, my relationship with my grandmother, I, I, like, I used to go over every Saturday, mow their lawn, wash their cars, had breakfast with my grandparents. Like, that was my Saturday routine. Um, probably through college. Once I went to college, I was wherever, so it was hard to get to Huntington Beach and stuff. But uh, after, after that, I visit her sparingly. Hmm. I, just, I just can't. And, and, you know, recently, I think it was actually Pancake. She hated, my grandmother hated my girlfriend in, in high school, no, in college. And she was Salvadorian and Mexican. And my grandmother didn't like that because she was Salvadorian. Mm-hmm. It completely changed my relationship with her because when I when she, when she met Pancake, then she's like, "Well, what happened to your old girlfriend? I liked her." Mm. I was like, "No, you didn't, <laughs> liar." Right? You know. And when the girl after that came into play, I just didn't even bring her around. I just mm. wasn't even worth it. And and 
I, I know my grandmother picked up on it because then she had this conversation with me, you know, Mijo, it's whoever, whoever makes you happy, that's all that matters. And I was just like, I know you don't believe it. Right. And I hear from the other parts of the family that you talk all the shit about me. So you think I want to come over here and like spend time with you? She's like, I just don't want you to have regrets when I die. And I was like, I'm not going to have any regrets when you <laughs> Like, die. I don't have any. I I've already you. made my peace with it. Right. I let it go. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Old people are, you know, pretty racist because they came from a different time. I would say it was yeah. a different era. Yeah. We've come so far in the past, let's say, decade in race relations and the way people look at inter- interracial relationships. That word is so fucking difficult for me to say. <laughs> you know, it used to bother me. I didn't like saying interracial relationships. Really? Rather, yeah, I used to, I'd rather say intercultural. Mm. I don't believe that you're bringing culture into it because it's based. The relationship is based on what you can see, not right. what is perceived. But still, it, black culture can be perceived. Latino culture can be perceived. Absolutely. Yes, but when you look at someone, you do not perceive their culture. Maybe you do. Okay. Maybe maybe cool. we are more progressive as as uh, citizens of the world. I guess you can say. Culture also doesn't have to be this like uh, this beautiful thing that we idolize it can mm-hmm. also be part of the stigma that comes with it you know what i mean and you know being from you know latino i've been told i, I remember the only one and only fight i got into was in high school and it was because this guy told my teammates it was, we were playing baseball we were in the amateur it was the amateur league that we we're playing in and something about dudes pay, being paid up for whatever tournament we we're going to go into and he's like you mexicans better not pay with food stamps and i just lost my shit and i just got just went after him you should have said, meanwhile, white people are the people that use food stamps the most. Ask your mom about it. <laughs> Statistically <laughs> speaking. And, <laughs> and been like, do you have mine? Like, pay right. for me. I was 17. I didn't know any better. But the, the reason why I say that is because that's, that wasn't my life. That wasn't my experience. Right. But that's what he perceived it to be as mm-hmm. my culture. You know what I mean? And we could say the same thing about black culture. We perceive it to be a certain uh, perception, a certain experience, a certain uh, interaction. And that, what, and, is, what, what is black culture? I mean, I think it varies. We're not a monolithic people. I mean, we have such a, a varied experience. My experience with, you know, Cliff is not the same. Like, you know, my experience with Pancake is not the same. You know, I, I have a group of friends that Randy has alluded to that's, you know, a group of six girls. And we're all black and we've all grown up differently. You know what I mean? Like, I grew up with a single mom who had, you know, one sister who lived in a one-bedroom apartment the majority of my life. You know what I mean? But went to college, was, you know... With that, that was my life, you know, but one of my best friends, her mom is a doctor and owns her own dental practice and her father's a pharmaceutical salesperson. And, you know, I mean, she went to two Ivy Leagues, you know, so like but we're we've had the same experience and we can definitely still, you know, agree and touch on the fact that when we were kids and asked for McDonald's, our mom said, do you have McDonald's money? You know what I mean? Because, like, that's some black shit that black mama say. Like, <laughs> regardless of, I'm you know. I'm going to say like, that to my kids. Right? Do you got McDonald's, do you have McDonald's money, money? You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the just the kind of way that we grew up. But, you know, I think that in dating somebody that hasn't had those experiences, you know, like, when we first started, you know, dating, he would he was definitely confused by some things. You know, we would go out and he would be like, why are people looking at us strange? Or he would say, I don't see people looking at us. But now, four years later, he recognizes mm. it. Before I even do, he was, and he's said it to people. like He's coming over. He's he, Right. He's yeah. watched people and he's watched them stare at us. I mean, we used to live in Orange County, so it was very uncomfortable. Well, that's that's peculiar because there are a lot of, there's a lot of diversity in Orange County. I Where? Mean, <laughs> there in is. North Orange County, where uh, I'm well, from. Well, where you're from. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say, we're talking, okay, Winter Park, Anaheim, that's different. I yeah. lived in Costa Mesa. 
yeah. there was no diversity no, in Costa Mesa. No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah, not. Yeah. And like, I mean, and when you're walking down the street, you know, and this tall white dude and these two black girls, you know, we got our kid and me. They look like, what like, the fuck are they doing? Right, here? what's going right. on? I mean, yeah. he's and he's definitely said I've, people. I've seen that look before. Right. And I'm, I'm sure you I'm have. Just looking at people like, what the fuck? Yeah, you know, like, like, what are you looking really? at? Come on, and and maybe it's not even me in particular, but when I see other people doing it, I'm like, it's 2000. What? Right. Are like, we still um, tripping over that? Yeah, like, it's yeah. weird. But you can't you can't take that mentality out from everyone. But you can at least try to cope with it and. Maybe it's my apathy. I, I just tend to like say, you know what? If you're not going to be that mature about it, I don't need to fucking go down to your level. Fuck you. Who who are you to me? Who are you to me that you're going to affect me with your naivety, with your ignorance? Yeah. It, it gets to that point where I don't give a fuck about you. So why am I going to expend my hard, hard-earned energy on something that really doesn't matter in the end? But I get how it's bothersome. Yeah. It really is. See, I had it pointed out to me a lot more when I was with Pancake. Mm-hmm. Never experienced it at all with my last girlfriend. And I think that there, and that probably comes in her experience too. You know what I mean? I think that as you know, people say now, like, if you're woke, like, are you paying attention? Some people, they just don't think about it. You know what I mean? They It's, it's not in their everyday life. It's not yeah. in their realm. She also grew up in a part of LA that's predominantly, predominantly black. Predominantly black. So I, don't th- I think <laughs> right. that, that might have played a role into yeah, it as different. well. You know, when you've grown up and you've been the only for a very long time, um, and as the majority of, you know, our friends have, and I think, and Randy can probably attest to this, that in meeting our group of friends, a lot of people have said, like, you know, just kind of, wow, like, you guys are a different kind of group. You know, we're we're pretty intelligent, um, We and most of us were the only black girls in in our schools, in our classrooms. So we've dealt with those things. So we're very, aware. we're hyper aware. Mm. You know what I mean? We're just that hyper aware. That makes a lot of sense. You know, like we just yeah. know the looks, we yeah. know the questions, we, you know, and, and we've dealt with it. We've definitely coped. We've moved on because, you know, like my response to Randy and, and homeboy saying like, are y'all going to pay with the food stamps? That was the kind of shit I dealt with every day in high school. Mm. You know what I mean? Like when people would come to me and they'd be like, can you afford to be here? See, that's why I was so fortunate <laughs> growing up. Uh, tuition is covered right, by your taxes. Right. So thank <laughs> you. Yes, thanks. That's what, that's your why mama I, got it. <laughs> that's why the whole upbringing plays so much into culture. Yeah. Because that really is, that becomes part of your culture now. Because right. you had, when you're younger, you adopt your parents, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your parents' culture, your parents' upbringing. You take that and you run with it. That mm-hmm. is my culture. When you start growing up, you start bringing that into the forefront as this is my culture. I identify with completely different things than my parents did, and this is what I am now. And that's what brings a whole lot of parental conflict mm-hmm. into the fray. And that's why I'm afraid. I mean, you and I both have kids, mm-hmm. Leslie, and Randy's kind of on the on the tail end of this. And we'll, Still a hung jury on that one. We'll come back to that. <laughs> I'm sure you got love children scattered all throughout <laughs> Europe and Texas and TBD. Arizona, and especially Arizona, probably. Wow. Um, but yeah. So if you're listening and you're in Arizona and you might know this man, he might be your father. Um, <laughs> they wouldn't be old enough to see. They the wouldn't. Beard. Maybe. Uh, no, no. Maybe. Anyway, no. so that's that's the hard part about having kids and. Yeah. Kids is all about finding the balance. And now we're fortunate enough to have more control of their upbringing, I feel. Because the way I looked at it, and I, we might have touched on this before, parents were in a hustle to try and get us up to speed with where everyone else was. Because they came, uh, you know, disenfranchised almost um, to an extent, not really because they couldn't vote, maybe poor choice of words, but they were down. 
they came without the opportunity that we now have. Yeah. Essentially. And now we have the opportunity to make it better. We have the opportunity to not multiply two by two, but to multiply two by however much we want it to be because the the potential is infinitesimal. I mean, you can't even measure the potential now because of the internet, social media, all that. But now we have to also exercise that much more control and much more discipline. So you take that and you distill that down. What do I want my kid to take away? Now I have to reinvent my culture almost for my kid because I've identified as something completely different. Do I want him to identify with that? And my wife and I are always having the conversation like, what do we want our kid to be? You know, it's funny you said that because I was just about to ask, when was the first time you became cognizant of your ethnicity? Because I remember, I distinctly remember my grandfather telling me after, I think we watched, okay, so I was a little sheltered. <laughs> We've discussed. Right, right, I was a little sheltered. So uh, it was probably after watching La Bamba because, you know, mm. the way I, I, I was able to identify, them. oh, those are La Bamba people. Oh, those are Cosby people. Oh, those, you know what I mean? It was uh, by what I saw on television. Right. And so when my grandfather told me, he's like, no, they're Mexican, just like you. And I was like, excuse me? Right. No, you're Mexican. You know what I mean? And I, I just didn't know any better. I was, yeah. I was, I was in third grade. Hmm. The first time I realized or learned that, oh, you third, grade, third grade was actually a big year for me. I learned I was left-handed and I learned I was Mexican. That was, <laughs> and it was because we had to do a science project where you had to write with your opposite hand. I kept getting in trouble for writing with my right hand. Uh -huh. And I was just like, this is my opposite hand. So third grade was a big year. But once once that became a thing, once that became something I was aware of, my parents were very um, adamant about it. You are American of Mexican descent. Mm. Hmm. That's how you are. That's And that, that was kind of how I, I took it. And then, of course, you go to college, you take Chicago Studies classes, and you're like, oh, no. I'm from La Raza. Oh, you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get the bag right. and, the, and the fucking shirts and all that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah we, we talk Some about that when in first year of college when everybody mm -hmm. became African. Right. Suddenly, sure. fellow was like, right. oh, Kuma's really Ethiopian. I was like, did you mean Ethiopian since birth? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and now all Now you had it. <laughs> I love you, girl. <laughs> she yeah. doesn't listen. Right. Doesn't I'll make her. Like, um, oh, when did I? Wow. I don't know. I don't know if I can like really pinpoint a time when I knew suddenly that like I was black. I'm sure if you think about it hard enough, you right? Can. I could remember. You're so encouraging. <laughs> I can do it. Was right. that lack? <laughs> was that lacking rather? <laughs> think about it, Leslie. Please. Think about it now. Right. Damn it. Uh, I don't. know. I mean, I think growing up as a kid, when I moved to Whittier. Okay, so the fifth grade. Fifth I think is when I became very aware that like, oh my god, I'm black. But how did that impact the rest of your life from there on out? Before that, I, I hadn't been the only black girl. I grew up in like a predominantly, you know, black, Hispanic area or Mexican area. And so it was just like, mm, I knew brown people. I knew black people. It was some white kids. You know, at it's that point, normal. it was a class issue. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, we all broke. Your mom ain't got no money either. So, you know, it was just like. So nobody gets McDonald's. Right. Nobody, right, nobody gets McDonald's. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you got that McDonald's money, motherfucking <laughs> <And> no. <laughs> you know, so like, I think at that point it was just a socioeconomic place. You know, I knew that. And then once I moved to Whittier is the first time I really experienced like there are these people that are so much more wealthy than me. So not only am I in a different class than them, but and I'm black. You know, and so then it became very apparent that I was like broke, black, and you know they they stared at me because for a lot of them I was the first black person they had ever seen up close. I remember like kids literally reaching out and touching me. You would have thought I had like moved to a third world country, you know. But it was wow. like I moved to a Quaker town and they didn't know no black people. You know, it's funny. Quick random tangent. It's, <laughs> it's funny because you know you hear all these stories about black women 
uh, and and how people come up and want to touch their hair and, and like just like feel the, the it's okay to do it. Isn't that like the most wrong thing? That oh, absolutely. You can do? Am absolutely. I, I'm not an animal. Don't pet me. But <laughs> tell me, who is it that always comes to touch my hair? A blacker? Yes. I just find it so ironic. Isn't it? It is. And that's funny because I remember the first crush I had on was this little white boy in kindergarten. And my mom said, why do you like him? And I was like, his hair. <laughs> what color was his hair? Blonde. blonde. Oh. Yeah. oh, did she say blonde? <laughs> I totally fucking missed that, didn't I? Wow. Blonde. But that's yeah. the thing. You always, it's the uh, intrigue from curiosity, mm-hmm. right? What you don't know. What you don't know doesn't necessarily scare you. So we're not going into the xenophobic kind of uh, yeah. gradient. We're more toward the curiosity and how culture stimulates curiosity what about what about for you because was it different because you, you grew up in the bay so that's also mm-hmm. more of a melting pot i yeah feel, absolutely yeah of absolutely. cultures shit i grew up around filipino people so i felt more now this is this is uh uh growing up i went to a pretty diverse preschool and i the only reason i remember is because of pictures I was going to say, I was like, the only thing I remember about preschool is getting bit every day by this kid named Roger. And you didn't smack Roger? <laughs> like, bah! No, it's like, that's how you got into class. So you got bit. All right, I'm here. Attend it, present. Like, was... Teacher, didn't you see Roger the Roger got me. Like... Um, uh, I went to a Catholic school pretty much till I was 18. Not pretty much. I went to Catholic school from, you know, five, is it four, to 18. So I only had catholic school as the culture that was my mm-hmm. culture i didn't identify with with my ethnicity really a, as a kid because it was never really promoted because it was kind of accepted like you said it, it's a melting pot mm-hmm. i lived in the sunset district um everybody in the sunset district knew it was predominantly asian and it was one of those areas where uh there were a lot of, actually at that point it was kind of different now it's a lot more asian it was a lot more diverse back then Still is very diverse now. Um, uh, it's kind of inverse diverse. You know, the Asians have taken over and the white people are kind of the minority now. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's America. That's America, <laughs> yeah. That's... Sure. Uh, so um, what we had was commonplace. Mm. I was Middle Eastern. We, I, I, had, I, I was, oh my God, I loved white girls. Um, uh, still do. Still that's, do. That's... <laughs> it's my thing. Um Growing up, I always had that fascination of how the other half lives. I knew I was different, but I didn't really internalize it. You know, it was like, I'm different, but I don't feel different. So I'm just going to go with it. You know, I was very carefree, very naive, very kind of like, uh, I was a nice kid. I wasn't an asshole. I wasn't. That came later when I started identifying with my culture and I started hating my culture for drawing me into that stereotype. And that was kind of post 9-11. I was going to, I didn't want to go there, but I wanted, I was curious if that That, changed. That did. You know, the way people perceive you. People don't understand how much of an impact that had on the Middle Eastern community. Mm. It had it had a huge resounding impact on my life, uh, primarily because the day it fucking happened, a kid yelled out, we're, we're in emergency formation going to a classroom, and a kid yelled out, hey, Turgman, I saw you on that plane that crashed into the building right at the day it fucking happened. And one of the teachers, one of the admins, I, I guess he was an admin at the time, he was like, who the fuck said that? And he looked at me, he's like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Like, I wasn't phased by that. Yeah, but I, then w- it, I wasn't hey, right, And you realize you should yeah. be? <laughs> I realized that I shouldn't be, but taking, uh, taking a look back on it, it kind of hit me like, wow. That was pretty fucked up. I mean, look, each of our 
respective cultures and ethnicities have been through some shit. Mm-hmm. But this was huge yeah. to be identified with something that was like current. I mean, okay, you got the Black Lives Matter movement now, and that's fucking huge. Yeah. I, I'm sure that that's fucking that shakes people to the core. That was like, how how the fuck can you walk away from that and not, you know? Now I'm by default Muslim. Everybody looks at me like Muslim. I'm. I'm Christian. I'm Catholic. I was going to ask because you went mm-hmm. to Catholic school because there were some kids uh, and, and I also went to Catholic school from kindergarten to eighth grade. There were Jews and Muslims and all that. Yeah. I don't know about the Jews, but there was definitely a couple of Sikh, Sikh kids yep. mm-hmm. and a couple other um, face. I cannot remember. Probably you're right, Jewish. I, I just never realized that they had to take the L and sit in our religion classes or whatever the case is and learn the prayers, learn all that stuff that you got tested on right. in class. Uh, and they weren't of the faith. Hmm. I, I, that something was never... It just didn't click in my mind. For me, it was more of a history lesson. Oh, that's an interesting way to take it. We, we, God, we, we were able to regurgitate Bible verses at the drop of a hat. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you name it. I, I can't do it now because I've completely separated myself from that because I don't want to identify with that. And that's what I think changed after 9-11. Everything for me changed. And I, I've started thinking about that recently when... Um, we started this podcast, as a matter of fact, and I started going on the introspective a lot more and trying to figure out why am I such an asshole now? Why do I have such a uh, a guard up? You know, why am I so barricaded? Yeah, because you have a woman that loves you and a beautiful kid. Why are you angry? Because I'm <laughs> because I'm angry at my at my people. I'm angry at my culture, and I don't want to identify with that. I am American. Whenever someone asks me, they're like, what are you? I'm American. No, really, what are you? I'm fucking American. Yeah. That is my culture. And it goes back to the whole thing. Do I want my kid to feel that way? Do right. I want my kid to feel that resentment? That's my chip. He has nothing to do with that. Why should I keep him away from that side of my culture? And in the very beginning, I was very selfish. I was like, no, my kid's not going to do that. And my wife was like, no, he should speak Arabic. He should speak Armenian. It's like, no, I just want my kid to speak English. I'm robbing him of that opportunity. That's not fair. That's you fucked are. up. Yeah, you should teach him. I'm I'm working on that now. I'm was, work, also working on brushing up on my Arabic. <laughs> you remember the old Busta Rhymes song? <laughs> but that's the first thing that came to mind. That's okay. Fucking Busta Rhymes. But that's that's what it comes down to. For me, I think uh, identifying with my with my race, with my culture, with my ethnicity, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Well, I think that's the thing that you identify with the American culture, but your ethnicity is Palestinian. You know what I mean? And I think that they're, those are two different things because I think we're Americans. You know what I mean? We've had the American experience, but we've experienced it differently because of our ethnicities. You know, like mm-hmm. you've had the Mexican-American experience. I've had the black American experience. And so because of that, like we can identify being, you know, Americans. And I think if you travel the world, you start to see that more. You know, um, like the first time I was in Europe, I that was the first time ever in my life I felt American hmm. and not black. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm not black to y'all. Like, I'm just American. You know, like, you're looking at me like, why do you not speak French? And I'm just like, mm, I speak Spanish. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And so, like, but to them, they're just looking at me like, you're just an American girl. Like, and it, because I didn't speak, you know, French, then they knew I wasn't African. And so that was, you know, very interesting just mm. because of the African cultures they encounter. Right. So, but... I think that we forget that those are two different cultures, mm-hmm. you know, like we are American. We are very sheltered yeah. as well. And, and that's, that's a very a, good point. So, you know, we, we forget that those coexist as well. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't grow up speaking Spanish. 
and and how was that for you because i have like a lot of mexican friends who don't speak spanish and then you have you know the mexicans that do speak spanish and they're looking at you like well you got to remember not real you know what i mean you have to understand (laughs) that the catholic school i went to was predominantly filipino and white Mm. so Mm -hmm. i kind of just bounced around between both groups and there was probably had we had one kid uh, his name is Matt Martinez. I know he listens because he tells me. Hey, Matt. Uh, yeah, right. We just had coffee last <laughs> week. Hey, buddy. Miss you. Um, I think he's half. He's half Mexican, half white. Mm. But um, it was me, Matt, and then a couple other kids. One, Serge. Oh, I love Sergio, man. He's Argentina. We're such assholes. We had these little time time capsule things, and it was right at the time that Anita came out. So we, I put on the, you know, don't cry for me, Argentina, on a time capsule. It got mailed to him when we graduated from high school. And we did that back in like sixth grade. And he, t- yeah, he t- I remember he, he called me. He's like, you're a fucking asshole. Like, <laughs> um, it was like five kids that were of like Latino descent in elementary school. And then I went to a, a magnet school, which was, again, you know, I had a friend, my friend Nick, we talked about it, we talked about it one time. He's like, you know, I don't think I really passed the test because you're supposed to be, you have to be in the top 10 percentile from your school to be eligible to take the test for the school. And then you have to be in the top 10 percentile to be admitted. Those to the things school. are such bullshit. I was yeah. like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm just going <laughs> to run with it. I got in. All right, let's do this. You know, so I, I, you know, I went. Right. It wasn't until I got to um, my second high school, my junior year, where I got lumped in with like who the Mexican kids were mm. and I did not fit in at all. They were they were of the very like probably first generation, or they were born there themselves. You know, sp- spoke Spanish and and I just I just didn't fit in at all. Yeah. And that's where I kind of bounced around with the kids that played basketball because I tried to play basketball and <laughs> the kids that played baseball because that's what I ended up playing and I, I I had just no interaction with Spanish. And I actually I actually went out for Lambda Theta Phi. Um, Did you? Yeah, winter My quarter. Fraternity? Yeah, winter quarter of our freshman year. Oh, is that how you met Manny? No, I met him because uh, Manny, Manny. Manny, you fucking everybody. Too. Manny roomed with Manny. <laughs> okay. Remember? Right. Emmanuel. Because Emmanuel and I, Manuel. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, Manuel, joined my organization. Oh, that's right. It's the other way around. Yeah. I forgot he was with an I. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I, I went and I just, I just didn't, I didn't click with the guys. It was just a different type of experience um, culturally and, and, you know, kind of what they were. That's funny because I felt the exact opposite. And then after. And I'm going to be completely honest. After, I was like, hmm. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm here now. I might as well make the best of it. And, and you know what? I, I still got a lot of a lot of deep relationships, um, a lot of guys I still talk to. Um, I love the guys that I still talk to. And you know what? It's just kind of the asshole in me now. If you're not adding any value to my life, I don't really need that extra. I don't extra. think that's being an asshole. No, I think that's I think being a grown-up. That's being, yeah. That's, yeah. That's more or less. But of... this is the thing. Most of my friends. Are assholes? Aren't grown-up. Oh. Uh <laughs> and that's that's the thing. I I always felt like I grew up a lot faster, and maybe that's me just being cocky and arrogant and whatever. But I've been told that a lot. I'm I'm an old soul, and I don't know I don't know if I like that so much. So, but no, I'm, I'm I, I, I never can't got that from you. It. My first my first memory of of Turk. Yes. he doesn't remember. It was before I I just happened to see him one day. I was blackout drunk. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not, because we were about to walk into Math Five. <laughs> In, oh yeah, in the in the white. I wasn't. He good. had. I mean, I remember this distinctly. I, I feel like he had the same shirt on. Actually, he had hair down to his shoulders. Oh wow. Um, I want to say he had like a. Black... Not in college. Yeah, it you was, did. No, that was, was not long was, down in college. Yeah, it was. It was, it was not like fresh, freshman. Your freshman year, my sophomore year. It was before you did anything crazy. And I remember he was <laughs> at the top of the stairs because it was a stairwell to get into like the hall where the classrooms are, and he's just like macking with this chick, like at the top of the stairs. Hmm? It's probably your <laughs> wife now. Actually, now I think about it, and I feel negative, bad, but. <laughs> oh, oh. Delete, okay. delete, she, does, delete. She, she does not listen to the podcast so it's all right she does <laughs> she started my wife 
Yeah. <laughs> last time I talked to her, she's like, oh, I haven't listened. She hasn't listened yet. So she, she hasn't listened. She got around to it. Okay. Anyway, yeah. so that was my first memory of Turg. And we had we had a Math 5 class together, which was, I think, like calculus or something like that. Math 5? Yeah. Trig. Oh. Yeah, we were stupid. No, I missed my <laughs> placement test. Oh, no. I was I was trying to get out of that shit. I was... Yeah, I, I completely I was stuck. Up. I was stuck in Math 5. Yeah. No, um, I repeated it. I did I too. just didn't go to class. I was like, fuck this. I don't Dude, want to. I was anyway. tutoring people, and I still didn't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> too. Because you don't show up. You don't get the participation credit. You don't get the fucking homework. You don't. Anyway. Yeah. That so anyway, that's, that's my first memory fuck of him. Math 5. In his red, red dicky shorts. Hair wow, parted down the middle. Dickies. Red Dickies his, never owned Red Dickies. I don't know. But maybe this, they weren't Red Dickies. This was a different person. <laughs> this was not a different This, this wasn't This me. was Turk. This was absolutely Turk. And next thing I know, he, he shaved, really his, shaved his head and he joined the Mexican fraternity. That was a year uh, a year and a half later. Yeah, I know. Mm. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> I was there. I know. <laughs> uh, a lot happened in that fucking year and a half, I'll tell you that. A lot fucking happened It's interesting in that, that both of you are in fraternities that are not yeah. in American City. No, absolutely. <laughs> uh, that's the thing. Again, it goes back to the whole fact that I never really identified and yeah. if there was an Arabic fraternity on campus, I would have said, fuck you. I'm <laughs> no not doing As a matter of fact, there was a there was an Arabic uh, club, some bullshit club. Uh, it was all Muslims. Um, you know, I have nothing against Muslims, but at the same time, I didn't fit in with them either. Yeah. So why was I going to do that? Yeah. Why was I? I fit, I fit in more with, the, with a bunch of guys who just wanted to drink and have fun than I did with people who were like all for, hey, save Palestine. Yeah, okay, save Palestine, but what are eight individuals on a campus of thousands going to really do? That's a very fucked up mindset, uh, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a fucked up individual, and that's really the way I feel. What are eight individuals going to do to really progress world peace in the Middle East? Or peace in the Middle East? Nothing! <laughs> You're not going to do jack shit! And that's yeah. the fucking reality of it. Yeah. We have to start small. Mm. You have to have faith. <laughs> I don't. I mean, <laughs> Again, didn't I you just listen to the past fucking 20 <laughs> minutes of this conversation? I have fallen out with everything I yeah. identified you with know, I, one point. I remember there was one time, I can't remember if we were in undergrad or if it was on the way to a Dodger game, where you said you just did not get along with your people. And it was, it was either in just general interactions or just your peers. You just didn't get along with people that came from the same... Background because they had such a limited mindset. I mean, you've dealt with it, Leslie. Mm -hmm. You have people who are approaching life from uh, that using ones and zeros. Mm -hmm. It's way more than that. It's way more than uh, a just cause and and a passion for something. It's deep. It, life has a lot more depth. And maybe it's the fact that I didn't let those relationships develop. I mean, maybe. But I think if you just don't. I mean, if you don't identify with people because you didn't grow up with them or you didn't, again, you didn't have the same experience. But I think that yes. was the thing that college yes. taught me. I mean, I went to a historically black college. And when I told people that at home before I left, they were like, you just about to go to school with a bunch of black people, you know? And that was just odd to me because I thought, again, we are not a one note people. Why do you think that I'm just going to go to school with all people that are just like me? And I mean, Howard is such a representation of the diaspora of like black people. I right. mean, you have right. like everybody yeah. you know what i mean you have like black people playing cricket on the fucking yard right. you and have then the whitest black guy right, you know the, what i mean the like and then these black, same yeah. like you know yeah. wealthy ass black people that don't talk to these black people because they're like they broke you know what i mean so it was that experience was just different like that was i think one of the first times in my life that i just met so many different kinds of black people you know and that just reiterated like what i already knew that we weren't all the same but 
And you learn to diversify your yeah, personality, you, right? Exactly. Why stick to what you know and why not just branch out? And that's what bothers me about a lot of cultures. Like they're afraid to go out of their culture. Why? Like the the whole Armenian not going outside of Armenia. I get you want to keep the whole, you know, preserve the culture, but you can preserve the culture and enhance the culture if yeah. you try and go outside of the culture. That's my Because yeah. it process. really makes you realize what you have when someone else doesn't have what you have. Right. Right? And if you hoard it, how will other people know? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like you shouldn't. You're yeah. you're stigmatizing your own people mm-hmm. by by segregating yourself. Essentially, that's what they're doing, and it's fucked up. It's fucking stupid. It's the most, it's the most ass backwards way of looking at progressive. Yeah. And people do it. I've had a conversation with a guy recently. I don't. He he's adamant with the fact that he doesn't agree that Armenians should marry out of of the Armenian culture. We're, we're, I'm totally fine that that's his opinion. Do I agree with it? Absolutely fucking not. Does he? Look down on my relationship with my wife? I hope not. He says he doesn't. I really hope he doesn't. I hope he's a man of his word. But at the same point, uh, at the same point in time, I, I can only be left thinking one thing. Why are you being selfish? Mm-hmm. Why would you take away that opportunity to share what you have with someone else just because of the fact that you have this, this so-called pride? It's more like you're just preventing the great opportunity of of progressing the american culture i think that's the great part though about interracial or intercultural relationships is that you can just learn so much about other people you know what i mean you just have an experience that you may not have ever ever had because you're dating this person or you're with this person or you know you love this person and i think that so often you hear people, even like children of interracial like right. couples or intercultural couples, right. that feel like they have to choose a side. You know, it's like, yeah. why do you have to choose? Exactly. Like, I, I never want, and, and even for me, like, I don't even want my child to say, like, she's biracial, like, or I'm half white and half black. Well, what half of you is black and what half of you is white? The like, Oreo. Right. You, but it's, the, but the like, inside is <laughs> The white. inside? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, what, what half of you? Like, you just are those things. Like, the income generating side is white. So, right, exactly. <laughs> so, we are white. That's the McDonald's money. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You just, you are. And I think I, I just never want, you know, my children to feel that way. Like, you're black and you're white. You know, this is how your dad grew up. This is how I grew up. And you raise a very good point. You don't really know someone until you're in a relationship with them. And friendships are bullshit. Like my coworker, uh, Cedric, he loves to say he's black. Uh, I love how we just talk about people like everybody knows. Right. Yeah. Hey, Cedric, what's up? <laughs> my man. <laughs> my man. See. It's funny because we, we talk shit a lot. And uh, one thing that he always says is, how many black people have you had in your house? When, I, when people always say, like, I have black friends, you know. Just to kind of save face. How many black people have you had in your house? I know why Sid says that, though. That's real. It is. <laughs> and I can totally see it. Like, Why, why, is, it, why is it? Wait. Um, first, is Cedric black? Yes. yes. Okay. I, I did mean, say that. I, 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 sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. How many white folks you know named Cedric? One. <laughs> Just like I know one white guy named Sid Arth. <laughs> Whoa. That is kind of weird. Anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> He's actually a student. He's not going to listen to this. <laughs> no, but I know why they said that. I mean, I recall the first time I went to a friend of mine. Her name was Melissa in high school. And she literally introduced me to her mom. She's like, Mom, and this is my black friend, Leslie. Oh, shit. And her mom was like, <laughs> oh, my God. You know, and I was, I could Wait, just. Wait, was the mom like, oh, my God, you said you, it's my black friend, Leslie? Yes, or, oh, oh, my God. God that, a black girl in my right, house. Oh, my God, this is my black friend, Leslie. But also, like, I could see the discomfort because 
her child felt comfortable saying that to her. Yeah. So she was like low key embarrassed because she's like, oh my uh, god, yeah. now she knows like we don't have black people over here like that. You know what I mean? I remember her grandma coming out and being like, hey, you know, just it was like, black. like hey, and I was like, I'm Leslie. How are you? You know, like it's it's really not that oh, serious. You speak so well, right? You're so <laughs> articulate. Like, oh god, here we go. Yeah. Do I have to yell? <laughs> exactly. Does she understand, Does she understand me? <laughs> yeah so i mean i i understand that because people love to like interject and you know like oh i have a mexican friend oh i have a black friend no they're not your friend no you've seen them yeah, you're right. like they've never broken bread at your house you don't know them they don't know your mom like that that's not your homie yeah i had a, i <laughs> i used to kind of hang out with the alpha phi alpha guys on campus i fucking love those guys i looked at them and i was like those guys are fucking badass <laughs> yeah i mean that's also because we also went through a time in uh, our organization's history where it was just two members in my org, two members in your, or three members in your org, and two members in the alphas. Mm. And we all kind of banded together right. one year at orientation because we were just like, you know, if we, if we don't band together, this is our last two rocks. <laughs> last Mohicans, yeah. It's a wrap. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just real. Like, people are quick to say that they have a friend of some other culture or some other race, but it's like, that's not your friend. Like, Mm-mm. that's somebody you know, it's somebody you've met in passing. No, don't, Still call don't bring friend. that up. No, <laughs> see, I'm I have a totem pole of friendship. But we won't talk about that right now. <laughs> wait, no, no, I want to I want to know a totem <laughs> pole of friendship. Okay, and who's place. at the bottom? Is the bo- wait, is is bottom bad or bottom? The top? bottom is the bad. Bottom okay. bitch. It, right. Okay. It, but you never heard that know, phrase? Well, yes, but I know it applied to totem poles. Just, it applies to everything. <laughs> okay. Now I know. Thank you. Pyramids. But that's where the strongest. That's really where my that's, <laughs> the that's where my examples go. I mean. No, no, no. The totem pole of friendship consists of associates, homies, friends, and then friends that are like family. Mm. So it's like if you're an associate, like I just see you in passing, like oh hey so and so, how you doing? I'm glad you're alive. It's good to see you. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a homie, you're somebody who's like birthday party I'm gonna go to. Mm-hmm. And we're like yo Les, I don't talk to you all the time, but my birthday party's coming up. I'm gonna go to your party because I fuck with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Buy you a drink, whatever. You're my friend. I'm going to call you first on your birthday because I know your birthday. I also probably know your mom's birthday. I know your sister's. You know, like, I know you, you have a phone sister. number growing up. Right, I know your phone number. <laughs> right. If you're, like, my friend that you now become my family, yeah. i probably call your mama, auntie. Like, you yep. know, it's like that. So I do not call everybody my friend. That stems from my mom, though, because she was always very quick to say, don't say that person's your friend. What's their mom's name? And I'd be like, I don't know. She's like, then that's not your friend because friend means a lot. That's, that's funny because I remember having that conversation with Cliff. And he was like, you know, I'm your best friend, right? And I'm like, all right, well, you know. But the thing is, like, every time I had a best friend, you know, they'd always, like, leave. They'd always, like, life. But then, you know, you're kids and you can't help when your parents right. move or something. You know, so I had a, a kid I grew up with, Jeffrey Jean, was, like, one of my best friends in, in elementary school. And, like, my third grade, he was gone. Hmm. And then uh, I had had Nick Ward through high school. And, I mean, we, st- we still keep in contact now, but I transferred high schools. Right. And, you know, separation it happens and then that's when i met cliff and then me and cliff got close and me and cliff have been close since and that's why you know we start business together we've you know but it, it took me a while to be like yeah yeah you are my best friend <laughs> he's your bestie right yeah it took me a while to really just like <laughs> say it back because he would say it to me man and, he just, and i would just be like all right yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right. Okay. Right. You're extra. Be quiet. Wow. <laughs> you do have commitment issues. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> Dang. No, but for real. That's real. I mean, it's kind of weird. I've never really approached friendship like that where you have to really go out and say, I'm your best friend. Like, 
my best friend Alex was my best man at my wedding. I love the guy to death. Cool fucking dude. But he's not in the podcast. Oh. And he never will be. <laughs> and he never will because he's so far away and he's uh-huh. doing his own thing and he's making his own living and, and that's cool and I, I I appreciate that. A selfish part of me wants him here because I really don't have anyone here. I mean, I, I have one or two, you included. I... Uh, Maybe I'll take that back. <laughs> Close one. <though. laughs> um, I have one or two here, but I can't really relate with anyone here. I mean, it's it's different. I'm still not a, not a Southern California kid. I'm a Northern California transplant. And really, that does make a difference. I was, like gonna, you said. I was going to say, is that strange for you? Like, it is. To really like still, not be from Southern California. It's still really weird. It's poor taste in baseball franchises. <laughs> I don't understand how poor taste translates in three titles oh. over the past five years. But... That's that's for that's and for that's another how day. I feel about that. Hey, we're two and zero, oh, baby. Let's go. Anyway, but that it does feel weird. Yeah, and that's a mentality that a lot of people are adapting to. Um, do you find that that changes in your thirties? Like, do you feel that you have to like establish these friendships? Because I think people find it hard to maintain adult friendships or even become friends with people as an adult. Do your parents have friends? My mom, no. There you go. I know. and But I say that not because, but I think that's my mom's personality. No, no, no. No, no, no hold I on, do. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to tell ta- you this. Table this, table this. <laughs> okay. Do your parents have friends? My mom, yes. How many? You don't say like one or two. Hold on. I mean, my mom's very likable. So she has like six, seven people that come mm-hmm. by the house and, and visit often. Okay, but your dad? No. Okay. My, my dad has friends that call all the time. Not all the time, but like often. Want to hang out? And he's like, uh, no. <laughs> your dad is that guy yeah. Yeah. yeah who all my cousins strive to be that's my dad and i'm just i'm more like my mom and i and that's actually we'll, we'll get we'll get back to that because that's a lesson i had to learn this year but mm. so leslie yes your your mom my mom is just more no of friends. like she's kind of quiet but i think also because she's the youngest of seven she just always had older brothers and sisters she never really quote-unquote required friends and all of like her siblings they're all stair steps so her older sister who's like literally a year older than her, like 14 months older than her, is her best friend. They do everything together. Wow. They live together. So like, that is a friend. That's technically a friend. Yeah, it's a friend. can be friends, yeah. Exactly. I yeah. mean, she has, like, some best friends, but none of them live here. Like, one of her best friends lives in Texas. The other lives in Oregon, you know? But my mom was never the kind to just have, like, a group of running girls. But as a person that has that, I can't imagine, like, being 40 or 50 and not still hanging out with the girls I hang out with. So if she didn't have her siblings, what do you think? I don't know. I don't know if I can judge that just because I think that that's really intrinsic to her character. Mm. I mean, you know, she's the baby of the family. Like, they take care of her. and So she, she wouldn't have needed it anyway. Yeah, she just mm. didn't need friends. Like, it was kind of like, I've got six people ahead of me. I don't really need a friend. Like, <laughs> for what? <laughs> they ain't got McDonald's money. Right, they ain't got McDonald's money. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think that as... For me, I needed friends. I was four years older than my sister. Like, you can't identify with somebody. You're eight years old. This person's four. Like, you know, I I needed friends. And so I still, I've been lucky enough that I made these friends pretty much, wow, it it spans. Like, my oldest friend I met when I was, like, eight. And she's still my best friend to this day. So, hey, Jazz. (laughs) (laughs) Shameless plug. He looked. He was wondering who. I was like, which which one? (laughs) Which Which one one was that? Yeah. It's you, Randy. Wasn't pancake. (laughs) Um, <laughs> wait, what? Oh, oh, you know, that's actually a conversation me and Cliff had this year, and uh, literally, like in the probably last two, three weeks. And with Cliff, it's like going back to the whole best friend thing. He's like, You can't try to have the same relationship you have with me with everybody. 
And I didn't Man, think he I... is a jealous individual. <laughs> no, Damn, not 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 cold. like that. <laughs> not like that. In the sense of like, I try to do too much for people, mm. and you have to realize that you can't just take care of everybody. You can't just carry everybody. You're Captain Save a Ho. I mean, you've seen my pedigree. Yes. <laughs> I guess I was just stating the obvious. Then I guess well, yeah, maybe right. <laughs> so that's one thing I had to learn. Where you know, accepting an acquaintance, accepting yes, you know. A passive friend, I guess you could say. I really don't know what you would call it. Acquaintance. Acquaintance, right? But it's not the same relationship I have with, like, Cliff and my other friends from no, high absolutely school. Absolutely not. Know what I mean? can't because that one, that primary relationship with Cliff takes a lot of energy. Yeah. And it mean, but, you know, it's not just Cliff. You know, it's Cliff, Ozzy, T, you know, all, all so my you're boys. you're cheating on Cliff? No. These are the guys we all went to high school with. It's yeah. your circle. It's my circle of, of guys I grew up with and that I've been with for, like, the last 15 years. But not all the relationships take the same amount of work. No. No, they but don't. I don't think that relationships, if they're like good, genuine relationships, I think all relationships, I guess, require like some level of work. But it's yeah. not difficult. Uh, no, I wouldn't call you know it what difficult. Mean? Work, yeah. work maybe does have an implicit difficulty yeah. built into the work. Maybe an investment. I know I forgot Daniel, and I just want to make sure I say his name. <laughs> wow. Why are we naming friends right now? I've named <laughs> like I, two. Just drop them all. I'm about, I'm about <laughs> Should see, I just I'm about fucking to see go down him. my Facebook <laughs> list and name see, I'm about to see him. I'm about to see him like in two weeks. He's coming in from Texas. I'm picking up to go to a wedding. And that's the first thing you're going to say. He's like, you didn't so, mention me. Right. So, so what, uh, Dominican Republic, that was nothing to you? That was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your bestie. <laughs> and that's where I kind of feel guilty, where I might not have given enough people the opportunity to befriend me mm. um or maybe it's a two-way street for me it's like you kind of got to put in work too but then you know i had friends in college i'm sure you might remember them no uh, i really don't and you know it also kind of baffles me how our friendship just like sustained it wasn't really a friendship well yeah it wasn't but like just until, the fact that, like, look we had deliverables we had we had we had we had something that took time it's like a fine wine or a bourbon, I should say. Ha ha. Mm. <laughs> All right. Oh, by the way, Buffalo Trace, not Four Roses. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, she knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> she knows what I'm talking about. Butter it was and available. Brown. Me and Ten Keys are just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Butter and Brown, first episode, watch it. Anyway. Um, that's a real fan. <laughs> but that's a real fan that watched that shit this morning. Right. Like, I got to get like, some I got to know what's going on with this girl, right? <laughs> um. It, it it all goes down to the fact that it's a it's a two way street and maybe they didn't invest the same amount of time in me as I wanted to uh, invest in them and vice versa. Yeah, I mean I think it's a dual investment because there are people that are not like if you don't feel as invested in as you are investing in someone else, then I think that's when the relationship can die. Like if you feel like I'm constantly giving 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 and this person is giving nothing, unless we've established that right. that's the kind of relationship this is, where like right. I see you, you know, intermittently and or I know that you're going to pop up if you need me and something like that. Unless that's been established, otherwise it's just going to come with disappointment. Do you think there's a, a difference in in men and women? Because yes. I feel like I do have circles of friends. Like guys, the kids that I went from like kindergarten to 8th grade with, mm-hmm. I could pick up with like any of them just randomly and and pick up where we left off people from my first high school the same way because a lot of them from you know went to high school um and some friends from college i feel like we can just i'm probably the one that bounces around the most and is the least seen in Mm -hmm. all those groups of friends and i feel like i can also come back in and just you know catch up with everybody together you know and genuinely mean it because i do care about their well-being but they're definitely not people that i would call on in an emergency and i'm not someone that they might call in in an emergency but I do care about their lives. Yeah, those yeah. are the homies. 
Okay. So they're just like, that's where they fall. She the has defined the criteria. Yeah. Like, why I, don't you just <laughs> adhere to that criteria? I mean, I need, like, I need to write it down. Right. Those I'm... are the homies. I mean, because like, <laughs> those, notes, like the people that I went to college with, like I have, you know, I have a set group of friends. Like, so I'm going to New Orleans in May and it's like my quote unquote delayed birthday trip. So those are the homies that, you know, like those are the friends that I've invited to come with me on the trip. Jesus Christ. Your birthday's in February. Right. It? I know. Listen, I just had a baby. Shut the fuck up. Oh, you're yeah, right. That's right. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going Bitch. to New Orleans, right? So I'm going to New Orleans. I'm going to kick it with my friends. And then, but when I go to homecoming in October, when I go to Howard, that's when I get to see like all the homies who I'm like, oh my God, like I haven't seen you in months. I haven't talked to you in a year. And some people find it to be like overwhelming or maybe quote unquote fake like you know why are you talking to me and i always find when people say that i'm like i genuinely get excited to see you like i haven't seen you in a year hell yeah i want to know what's going on with you first of all i don't want to know i'm not going to ask i'm going to simply hug you and be like it's good to see you and like keep it pushing (laughs) like you know but that's just me like i'm just that kind of person but if i genuinely say like how have you been what's going on with you last time i saw you building a new car or you Mm -hmm. opened up a store and they looking at me like damn you you really pay attention? Yeah, because I give a fuck about your life. Yeah. You know but what I'm saying? Like Maybe they don't about yours. Th- and that's fine with me. It's a it's a different dynamic. So what happens when you have a friendship that isn't on the same page? Well, then I think that is when you have to assess and you really right. have to say like, yo, okay, you and I, are, we feel two different ways. You know what I mean? Like I'm looking at you as like you're my best friend and you're looking at me as maybe like just a homie. And if that's the case, then I need to fall back. See, I don't think men feel that way. Right. And that's what that's yeah. why I agree. That I said men yeah. and women are different in yeah. that. I think yeah, that definitely. men are very like, y'all just kind of take it as it comes. It can be real chill. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's my dude. Like, oh, I've seen him such and, and I, such. I think that's really like the root of me and Turk. And mm-hmm. that's how we kind of what got through from, from graduation to maybe like through the last like five, six years. Mm. It's been very passive. You know what I mean? We, we literally only talk and we go in depth when we talk, but only when we're, you know, hanging out. It, it has to be the right uh, face to face. Right. Right. Like it wouldn't just be I'm just going to text you for no reason. Right. Like you called me on the phone yesterday and we were talking and I was like, "Yeah, cool." Like this is different. You know, we don't talk on the phone a whole <laughs> right. lot, you know? Why are you talking I really on the phone? don't talk Dude, the last time I talked to a dude on the phone was probably for at length, probably with my with my best friend Alex and it's had to be yeah, we talk every time I go up to San Francisco. And then we end up catching up face to face. And literally the same thing with that, that conversation carries a completely different tone when mm-hmm. we're face to face. Because I look him in the eye and I'm like, dude, we're having bro talk right now. You know, <laughs> like for real, like real shit on the phone carries a completely different tone. And on the phone, it's like, OK, cool. Yeah, we're catching up. We're talking shit. Uh, how are you doing? Where are you at in life? Oh, yeah, dude, I got to go. I'll call you back. <laughs> Yeah. And I don't hear back from him for like another month. And I always get on his ass about that. But that's cool. That's the way our relationship yeah. is. That's the way it's going to be until it it's not. Right. I have know? a joke that men's phone conversations are like a series of grunts and salutations. Huh. Right. <laughs> like it literally is just like, oh, what's up? Yeah. Mm. All right. Bye. And like that's like the gist of the conversation. Yeah, I, you know, it really, it really just depends. Uh, Y'all don't talk about nothing. Hold on. <laughs> no, not, not always, not always. But you know, with my buddy, my buddy Nate, in mm. that lives in New York, he, um, ironically, a Giants fan, but we make it work. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we don't. That. <laughs> I still have issues with it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Gotta bring my Giants flag to these sessions. No, no, please don't. <laughs> Where can please, I hang it? Please don't. 
But yeah, no, like when we talk, we very rarely talk on the phone. A mm. lot of times, the only time we're talking on the phone is when we're planning, you know, his trip to here see. to LA or my trip out there. And every once in a while, if there's like something major that happens, you know, I'll get a call from him or vice versa just to kind of like, yo, this is, I just need a fresh perspective. Someone, a third person that's right. not so close. Yeah, so close to it. But outside of that, like it's really, like, we, we talk sparingly. Yeah. Until we're, we're there. And then, then we're just like, we're raging for like four or five days straight. And then we don't talk for, for like seven that's months. dude that's a bro relationship yeah. yeah it's definitely a bro thing i was gonna say men and women just have different like relationships with friends because even like the men that i'm friends with that i'm very very close to i think that you know i don't talk to them all the time like one of my best friends will like he lives in detroit he's drew's godfather like you know what i mean but i don't talk to him every day i don't talk to him all the time but when i do talk to him it's like we're stuck at the hip we're laughing about stuff you know like two peas in a pod yeah. and then i mean i talked to him for a few months yeah you know one thing i appreciate about coming back to like rekindling our, our friendship our hominess or whatever yeah. whatever the <laughs> you're fuck a it friend is. thank you oh shit you got upgraded <laughs> in the totem pole you're not the bottom bitch anymore <laughs> anyway <laughs> it's like when because that moment that we did just I, I don't know i just randomly text you one day uh it was actually when you changed your email yes um finally and, yeah right uh it's like we just picked up like right where we yeah. left off, just talking random shit, and then talking to real serious shit. And in, in between it, like right. you know, just business entities and California tax laws and different shit like that. Shit, because that's the stuff we talk about right. for whatever reason. <laughs> you on that it. note, every friendship does have an underlying theme. Mm-hmm. But go on. I lost it, but that's yeah. I just that's one thing. I just wanted to say that's all I appreciated. That, no, it's true. I mean. Know, you guys talk about tax stuff. We talk about sport. Well, we used to talk about sports, and sports would segue into other things. Business would segue into other things. Right. Politics, right. whatever it is, with everybody that you have in your life, it all has a catalyst mm-hmm. that forms the the remainder of the relationship. But I think those are signs of real relationships. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Because like homies, again, on the totem pole, you don't do that with. You might talk about like that one thing. You know, like those conversations are very specific and rather limited. I mean, it's just where you guys meet. And I think that's where it, it blossoms. You know what I mean? Like, you have to start somewhere. Everything mm-hmm. has to start, like, at the at the bottom floor. Yeah, but the cool part about it is I think the friendships that can actually go back to that every time and just refocus every each and every time, I, th- I feel like that kind of balances things out mm-hmm. a bit, you know, to where you're not involved in uh the overwhelming amount of energy it takes to think up of something to say or think of something to do just because you want to make it work and that goes that goes with every relationship really i mean even dating someone i was gonna say that only sounds like you're talking about dating it goes beyond that that's what i think about how many times have you had a male relationship a male and male relationship or a strictly platonic male female relationship where you're trying so hard to make it work but it just isn't working Maybe you haven't. Yeah, I don't think I have. Maybe you maybe you have, but you haven't realized it. That's possible, too. Yeah. And maybe you have, and you haven't realized it, and that fucked it up. Do you have anyone that you're not friends with anymore? You probably have a lot of people that you're not friends with anymore. Have you thought of why you're not friends with them anymore? There was probably a breaking point where you're like, this is just not going to work because I've been working so hard to make it work, and it's like, well, it's not worth my energy anymore. And that's what I was kind of alluding to earlier when I said... It takes a it takes a lot an astounding amount of energy to maintain any kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ironically, Even a fucking professional one. Ironically, there's one friend in particular that happened. It was while I was with Pancake Breakfast, mm. a friend from college that I was really close with, and a college high school that I was really close with. And for whatever reason, it was actually because I got with Pancake Breakfast. Really? 
uh, he decided to throw my name, my company, and everything I was involved with through the mud on, on Facebook. And it, it, he ended our friendship, this and that. And that day, I just, because later he came back and apologized and realized he was wrong, this and that. That day, I it, it changed how much I could trust him, how much I could really look to him as like, this is this is a close friend of mine. Mm. And, it, and it hurt. And that, that's probably the one and only friendship I have that isn't the same anymore as it was when we were younger and you know growing pains and you know when i see him it's still all love right. but there's also this level of like uh i'm not gonna tell you everything or it's hard to not because i'm just that kind of a person where you know yeah I'm just, you know if you ask me a question <laughs> i'm gonna answer it but when it comes to like if i needed help if i needed to to ask for advice if i needed something along those lines he's not someone I'm going to reach out to. And I think that's the thing that you learn in being an adult. I think that's what changes adult friendships and, like, when you're a kid. Because Mm -hmm. as as a kid, you don't have to really depend on someone. They're just your friend. You know know what I mean? Like I struggled struggled with that. I struggled with that a lot because, you know, we were, what, 24, 25 when that happened? Yeah. And am I I being petty? Am Am I holding on to something that just isn't really anything? Am I not... Am I not handling this the right way? Am I not being, you know, a maybe man above reproach? Maybe a that's reproach. a personal insecurity. Possibly. But, uh, you know, later on, you know, history told me I was right. But <laughs> <laughs> I have since learned. Right. In every case? Uh, no, just that one particular one. No other. I've never had any other interaction like that. There had to be. Not, not that severe, maybe. No. But to the point where you've just kind of fallen off. I mean, there had to be someone in your life that was there at one point that's not there anymore. There, it's impossible that you don't. It's impossible that you keep in touch with I everybody. I mean, yeah, like, like teammates, you know, different, you know, from my, my baseball team in high school versus my baseball team in college. Like, you know, I was close with those guys when so we that were was your So that was your circle, essentially. Yeah. And now it's not anymore. No, absolutely Because not. you're not in that realm anymore. Mm-mm. So the common ground fell out from under you, essentially. Right, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. I guess it all distills down to the fact that you... I mean, that makes sense for everything. You have to have something in common with, with people. But I think there comes a point in time, like, in in friendships and even in relationships, that that's what helps them grow. Like, that even though you still have the common ground, and even if you change, if you can say, like, we can grow right. through all that, then right. that's how you know you can kind of stay with someone. Like when you I, can go back to it. Right. You know, like, when I think about the friendships I have with my group of girls... I mean, when we met, we like we didn't have no common ground because we didn't have shit to talk about. We didn't have no business. We didn't have, you know what I mean? We were just friends because, like, I like her. You know, she's cool. Like, she's nice. Exactly. Circumstance. You know what I mean? And then I think from that, like, we've grown through so many things. And and even through that growth, we've been able to maintain a friendship. And I think those are like when you know, okay, these are the true friends. These are the people I can count on. Like, I've been through something and they've been there. You know, I've I've gone through this and they're still there. And and there are definitely people that fall by the wayside. You know, I also think too, everybody's not meant to be your lifetime friend. No. You know, reason, season, lifetime. Yeah. Like Yep. And that's just what it is. You know, some people are just meant to teach you something. I like that. Yeah. You know? Reason, season, lifetime. You know, it's funny because we were talking about my friend, the homie cousin Matt mm-hmm. earlier. And that's literally his name, the homie cousin Matt. <laughs> that's how we address him. Uh he was um We'll call her Edison. That's that's. <laughs> My God, we're coding everyone today. <laughs> hey, it's it's redacted, mm-hmm. but I'm also very open about it. I can talk about it. Edison, who's who I dated right before Pancake, and okay. uh, I met him. It was Edison's cousin, right? 
and you know, when me and Edison were dating, me and him were cool and we we're close, and then me and Edison <clears throat> abruptly broke up. Didn't hang out with the family anymore. Then later, uh, my buddy Kay was working um, at a company and just so happened to be working with the homie cousin Matt and brought brought him to one of our functions and was just like, "Yo, you made it home, buddy. You made it home. You're back. <laughs> and so like now he's like he's part of like the the core group of homies like of who we kick it with on a regular. And it's and it's funny you said that, you know in a season in a time because the homie cousin Matt doesn't really know everything about what mm. happened between me and Edison and. I've asked Nor him if he wants need to probably I would love to tell him he also doesn't want to know yeah but say he probably doesn't want to know you know what I mean uh but it's funny you say that every every friendship has a season because he definitely endured and came back there was like a pause you know much like us yeah. there, was, there was a pause in the friendship uh but the love never changed and that's right. and that's why I was able to come back and right. like you know be with the, the yeah I think we all have that uh, to an extent I think the hard part though is like if you meet people that you expect to fall like within reason, season, or lifetime, and then like it changes. Like, let's say you know you have a lifetime, somebody that you expect to be a lifetime friend, and then they turn out to be a season friend, and you're kind of like, oh shit. Well, that you sucks. Know, that yeah. sucks. You know yeah. what I mean? Because especially like if the season lasted for like much of your life, and then you're suddenly just like, oh yeah. damn, like yeah. I thought you were a lifetime, but truth be told, you know what I mean? I got a long life ahead of me, so yeah. that season may seem like it was long right now. You know what I mean? But it, it may in be short in the grand things. scheme of things, right. you know? And there are definitely, like, like I have a really good friend who... I think the the break in our friendship with him, like, it, it genuinely makes me sad because I miss him as a friend. But I realize that, like, okay, maybe that was just seasonal. And, and while that's hard to recognize, I've had to, like, come to terms with that. Like, for a while it hurt. And then I was, yeah. I was just like, it is what it is. Like, I can't keep expecting you know, something from him that I'm not going to get anymore. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I can completely relate to that because yeah. when we went through our, you know, transition, yeah. I, I felt the same way. Like, I, you know, we, I still had, you know, Les and Sean, but you know, I miss like, you know, yeah. you, Meg and all, you know, all the girls, like it was, we used to like kick it kick tough. It. Like, <laughs> no, right? We were, we were out there grilling and chilling and it was, it was great. Yeah. Um, and so that was, that was a huge transition. Yeah. It's I can just, imagine. You know what I mean? And then Cliff would be like, Oh, I'm, I know, like, I'm going to go hang out with, <laughs> you know, because Jazzy and, you know, I'm just like, oh, well, I'll be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the third wheel, <laughs> right. like off to the corner and shit. Right. Like, you're not really here. He right. was suddenly Brandy sitting up in his room. Right. <laughs> oh, that's a nice throwback. right there. You know, that was the first tape I ever bought. though. Was Low it? Key, yeah. It was like the first tape I bought and my older sister told me that it was shit. And then I hated Brandy for so long because I like looked to her so much. Oh, really? That I was like, you right. It is shit. <laughs> and then like years later, I was like, Brandy could sing, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> the aphrodisiac right, like, I, like, I kind of like that yeah i yeah. couldn't figure out if she was attractive or not i was like she's, she's cute but there's something like, about there's her something like interesting i can't put but my finger on she's it. not a white girl that's i can't hmm. you no know, see you know you, d- you dabble you things dabble. change <laughs> all right guys we hit our hour mark it's time for us to go uh, but before we do, Leslie, where can the people find you? I'm everywhere at Hot Mommy, H-A-U-T-E-M-O-M-M-I-E. Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. Right. Turk? <laughs> you can catch me on Twitter at the underscore ruined. Uh, Facebook, you probably won't be able to find me. Same handle. <laughs> <laughs> and Instagram, I am the ruined 007. 
And I am Randy Z. Everywhere about dot me slash I am Randy Z. You'll find everything you need to know about me. And hey guys, guess what happened to us? We got a new URL. Yeah. So very soon you're going to see talk30tome.com become a reality. You can actually visit talk30tome as we speak. It is live and operational. However, we are going to work on migrating everything over to the new site and the new URL and get all that taken care of. Um, In the meantime, we love all your feedback on Twitter, all your comments on Facebook. We really appreciate the love, the support, the listens. Thank you very much. We're out. Peace. He Lovely. gave me that. I was. He took the tri- he took the bass out of my voice in episode one. I was like, why do I sound like a little bitch? There was no bass in his voice <laughs> to begin to with. To take out. Right. <laughs> I oh. can sh- I can show you. That's because the way we recorded was all fucked up. You fucked it up. Okay. Is that what you were trying to get at right there? That's I really, I hope it goes over well, but I really love dropping names of people. So I really want to give that insight of like, people are just going to eventually like know who. Yeah. Our, our friends like I feel you'd, ho- you'd hope I fi- yeah i hope case. but i forgot i forgot juan oh too bad juan sorry dude right he can shout it out next time yeah he could be in the ending sorry juan juanito juanito, <laughs> juanito. Johnny blue jeans <laughs> that's the only he's the most mexican cat i know <laughs> and Thank his you. family called him johnny blue jeans oh lord little juanito <laughs> <laughs>